welcome to a brand new podcast from Shift. My name is Rich Williams and each episode I'll be joined by members of the Shift team to take a quick look at the research they've been doing into how to make your retail business thrive. Joining me today, CEO Shane Quigley, Head of Strategic Partnerships James Dawson and Retail Director Pete Gould. Welcome all. Hey Rich, hey, good to be here. All good. First and foremost, click and collect. Is anyone getting it right? Um, so the question, I guess, is why are we talking about click and collect? <laughs> That's a really good question. I think um, I think because it's quite frustrating uh, being in the industry and seeing so many people uh, get it wrong. It's something that, uh, as, as a group, we've discussed several times and just think it, it, it's, it's so obvious that we need to serve customers better and that uh, stores are such an important part of the retail experience. And we all know that retailers worry about making their stores profitable, but why don't they give uh, customers as much certainty and trust that something's going to be there and then get something quickly by sweating that asset more intelligently? And Click and Collect is just the best way to access that. Store retailers are always saying that they're at such a disadvantage to the uh, pure play online guys. And actually, they've got a massive advantage of being able to use Click and Collect to get people into an environment they've created and market to them in in something that they can control completely. So is this one of the things that they can control what's actually happening, get people into the store and then take it from there? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of fear in uh, multi-channel retail amongst the um, more established retailers that you invest too heavily in online, you're going to cannibalize your stores. Where actually, I think if you can see things more clearly from a customer perspective, tell me you've got what I want online. Tell me I can reserve it or I can get it quickly and give me some certainty that I can get it. And then when I move, when I go to the store, give me a, an express experience, you know, give me an upgraded service level. So give me a reason not to shop with a pure play online retailer. And because you have convenience at your fingertips, if you've got a large store network, why wouldn't I shop with you? But there's a nervousness to that online investment because it's seen as online is damaging the stores. But the stats are there. It's pretty clear that if you sell them something to someone online, when they go into store, more than likely they're gonna buy something else. It, economically, it makes sense. And we just don't understand why there's not more investment. From my point of view as a, as a customer, I just want that to be really, really easy. And I know you did some research into this insofar as customers' expectations for click and collect. And one of them that didn't surprise me is it's like a huge percentage that just expect, I want it to be free. Absolutely, you've got over 90% of customers expected to be a free service. We we carried out some research uh, earlier this year in, in what we call our state of retail report and 67% of consumers would stop uh, shopping with retailers if they charge for click and collect, which is so highly damaging for retailers to not be jumping on this. Uh, That's me, by the way. Hi, I don't want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> and why should you as well? You know, you take uh, John Lewis' example. Um, they've invested fortunes into their central distribution center. Yet, if you could click and collect as a store that I would describe as um, certainly not core high street, there are luxury elements to John Lewis in most of their branches. If I don't spend above X, they want me to chuck another two quid on top of that for the pleasure of walking into their store. If I'm the marketing director of John Lewis, and you said to me, well, it's going to cost you two pounds to get someone in store, they're guaranteed to purchase something, already, and they might add to that basket as well, why on earth would I pay them two pounds? Through every other advertising medium um, that I'm using, I'm probably paying two, three, four times that anyway. So it's just a customer tax. It doesn't make you feel great as a customer that they want you to uh, uh, pop in and pick it up yourself, get off your couch and pick it up, out and charge you for the uh, privilege. It, obviously, it's putting it puts people off the thought of having to pay the extra, say, two pounds to mm. go and do that. Does it stop people from then making the purchase? For me, it's like, well... Pfft, I'd look somewhere else. 
it was 150 million pounds they spelled on a new distribution center in Milton Keynes. We live in Leeds. There's a John Lewis in Leeds. If you want something, click and collect from there. They won't look to see if it's on the shelves. They'll ship it from Milton Keynes to charge you three pounds for the privilege for something they may may already have on the shelves. That's not kind of my problem, is it? As the person buying no. it, that you're bringing it from Milton Keynes to Leeds. That's not really my issue. So yeah. I'm paying for your issue because you won't invest that money to make my experience as a customer easier. Yeah, and absolutely. I, I think consumers can see right through that type of strategy because they want things not just free, but they want it fast. You know if something's going to take over two days to be sent to, and be available to, to pick it up at a store, then it's unlikely you've got that product available right there, right now, that I can come and collect that from. And so most people expect to be able to reserve something online and be able to turn up there 15 minutes later. You know, there are people like Argos that, that do that, and they, they set that new norm in effect so that anybody that's taking longer than that, you've then got your doubts of, uh, uh, you know, do I want to shop with that retailer? Why don't I look at other providers that can, can create a better service for me? Who is doing that well then at the, at the moment? Which ones are... Which ones are actually doing a good job of this? Well, from the, the State of Retail report, we, we actually, um, sorry, a separate report we did, a retail experience score, where we analysed over uh, 100 different retailers. We found who was offering it, and out of those 100, 14 didn't offer it at all. But of those that did, 76% of it did it for free. Uh, but the average customer wait time was 45 hours. So that's that's a long time. Not in store. That would be a. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't have to be in the Flipping store. Flipping yeah. Where's the story? Seriously. You'd be smashing your dwell numbers. But <laughs> that's about it. But, but there are guys like Argos. We looked at Screwfix. They offered instant pickup. And then there's other people like Shoe, Tool Station, Go Outdoors. Um, they all offered free collection within half an hour. If you're a tradesman and you've, you've you got need a job, it now, don't you? There's yeah, no, there's no two ways about it. Yeah, if you if you need a, a part to finish a job, you need to know that it's in the store that you can drive to and go back and finish the the, the job you're working on. They need that absolute certainty that they can get in the car, go and pick that item up, and, and you know if you offer that service online to know that before I go and take that journey, or you know I'm going to incur greater costs with my customer who may not be around to to wait all day, then you need that certainty, and so it's absolutely imperative for business businesses like that that you that's offered for retailers that aren't gonna go down the free route are they what are they just gonna get left behind is that kind of what's gonna happen do you think I think there's two branches to that um, uh, discussion because uh, free is one thing but I've sat around numerous board tables where 80% of the directors seem to be happy that it's free no matter how long it takes oh don't worry we're not charging for that but what does that say about your um, confidence in your own product if you don't think the customer is excited buying it. We get excited, we buy things, we want it immediately. There's such a thing as buyer's remorse, which is once you've parted with your cash, you then get that bit of nervousness that, oh, did I buy the right thing? <laughs> well, don't let those doubts creep in. We want these guys in store picking up within 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. And the only way to facilitate that is the investment in knowing what stock is in your store. And so this is where the real problem lies. It's, it's twofold. It's directors of at board level in retailers understanding that the customer is excited. The product is exciting. And if it's not, you've got bigger problems. But if you don't have accurate store stock levels, you simply can't pick from store. So, so what we're fighting is the cost of national wage driving up is driving store staff numbers down. So you need technology to allow you to be able to uh, know exactly what's in store and get those people moving around the, the shop floor more efficiently to pick that stock and have it waiting for you. I suppose because I was the chief customer officer at Matalan, you've got to think about the customer all the time. And I have a, a problem buying things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it's not gambling. It's just purchasing things. Then uh, I understand the urgency and the excitement that's, that's, that, uh, that customers have when they're buying something.
So it's a kind of twofold thing, really, insofar as from a customer point of view, if I can see I don't have to pay for something, I can get it quickly. That's a win situation. From a retailer point of view, if you can get it right, you can get people in the store quickly, make them feel good, mm. and also give you that opportunity to showcase what you're about anyway. Exactly. And there's a lot of stats out there about who your best customers are. They tend to be multi-channel customers. And so, so what do we mean by that? We mean... Well, the person that buys. I'm on- glad you said that because I was going to have to ask. It, no. <laughs> exactly, um, and a lot, you know, a lot of this language. I think you forget about the people sat behind the language. You know, what we're saying is the person that buys online and then goes into store, so they're shopping in all most of your channels. They're the most engaged shoppers. They're the most savvy shoppers. They're probably spending the most because they see uh, shopping still as a as a leisure activity, and so ultimately they're going to be your best lifetime value customers. So why discourage that? Why tax? that activity and you also drive out all sorts of other really interesting stats by acquiring customers and servicing customers online you get to see what percentage of those customers are new which channels they're coming from you get so much more data than just tv where someone wanders through the door of your store and you've got no idea where they've come from now i'm not saying that tv doesn't have a place but what i'm saying is you can learn so much about your business if you engage in this multi-channel model more effectively i think in summary the way i would look at it is that a lot of people talk about the death of the high street and so on and you know and businesses need to create better experiences and in the idea of a lot of retailers that could be a, you know gimmicks free giveaways or a fashion show and so on but in our experience and the research we carried out that Customers don't necessarily want those things. Experience to them is just certainty. Can I order something? Can I know that I can come and pick it up when it's convenient to me? If I've got to make that journey, I've got to pay for a bus fare, I've got to pay for parking and so on. When I arrive at that store, is it going to be there for me? And, you know, the likes of Argos do that brilliantly. There are other retailers out there like Topshop and other other fashion businesses that can make a customer take seven days, you know, have to wait seven days before you can come and pick that up. How can that ever be a great experience and what's that really adding to the convenience in their lives? For some of the retailers, it just looks a bit like a box ticking exercise to say we do click and collect. I think what Shane said earlier about making it a really ex- experience driven um experience is going to uh, <laughs> is going to make a big difference and build that brand loyalty. So in a sense, is it fair to say if you're going to do it, do it properly? Yeah, exactly. And understand what properly is. So if you're a um Uh, a board level decision maker that can't see things from a customer's perspective first of all seek professional help secondly (laughs) (laughs) let's think about it another way which is business value let's look at the fashion game where there was always going to be in my opinion uh, a lower percentage of online versus offline sales the reason being you're always going to have that human element of wanting to touch and feel something before you buy it however Let's look at the business value of your boohoos of this world, of your Amazons who are now big in fashion, in the fashion side of things. How are they going to continue to increase business value? Well, there's going to be a limit to what market share lives online. So they're going to have to go into the offline world. They're going to have to buy or build a store network. That's a whole different game. It has a whole different cost base and a whole different set of complexities attached to it. So if you've already got that store network, and you've obviously got an online presence, this is your chance to actually maximize business value. Because if you get this join up right, you can outpunch in terms of delivery speed and delivering on that customer excitement we talked about. But also, as the market analysts start to understand that building a store network is expensive and takes time, valuations are going to swing back into the multi-channel retailer's uh, favor. 
you know, there's big disconnects at the moment if you look at the stock market in terms of what the multi-channel and the pure play guys are valued at. Sometimes it's five or four or five times higher for the pure play guys. That will swing back the other way, but only if you get this right. So there you go, uh, 10 minutes or so on click and collect, in which time you could have clicked on something and gone to collect it if they are getting it right. We'll never know. Uh, thank you so much, all of you. Uh, join us thank next you. time on the Shift Podcast when we'll be explaining why speed is everything. Thank you.